Crom. Mortals, you are listening to Bourbon and Barbarians, an actual play recording presented by the Cromcast. So I have I have a little bit. This isn't a monkey wrench at all. Uh, this is just how I want. <laughs> when to you do say things. that, I know no. That it is well, well, I mean, we've, we've <laughs> talked a bit here about your characters, and truly. Those are your characters, and that's what we're going to play for the campaign. But I have an idea for a little bit of an interlude here, and my intention is this is something that should this is not going to take more than this session, and my intention is that it could even take a much shorter period of time for us to play through that might be like a little prologue slash standalone interlude that we can use to kind of set the stage. Uh does it let us find out what happened to our old characters? No. <laughs> but it informs the larger world and like the machinations of things. They fell from okay. the stage of history. Yeah. They were never the heroes. In, in fact, we're going to leave like yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the the direct answer to that John is no. You're not going to know what happened with your characters, but the indirect answer is hopefully through just a quick bit of RP and not an, a lot of like tactical playing we're going to be able to paint a broader picture of the status of things. Okay. Would that sound okay to you guys? You're you're our dungeon master. So yeah. Okay. That sounds good. So look at the Facebook uh, materials. If you can pull up Facebook on your phone or on your computer. And if you scroll down, there's a, there's an image that I posted sometime back that lists the circle of eight. Uh, pick any of those characters that sound intriguing to you with the exception of Mordekainen because Mordekainen's Gandalf. Like any of the others, you can basically play any of these wizards except for Gandalf. I will be Otto, the silver-tongued. Okay. Uh, Otto Luke, the elementalist. Okay. What's up, fellow Ot person name? <laughs> um... Uh, I want you to be the Time Lord. Well, that's what I was looking at. <laughs> I can't pronounce that. Dramage. Dramage. That's Jim Ward backwards. Jim Lord. Hmm. I have Jim a strength Ward. of five. Dramage. All right. Yeah, so me. I've posted PDFs for their respective abilities mm-hmm. on the page. Okay. Uh, so you should be like everybody can look at everybody's. Uh, I. This is Don't not. Don't look at mine. This is not about about metagaming or don't look at my like knowing like i don't want to rely on these abilities i don't mm. want to necessarily uh play through tactical combat or anything like that know the spell list and kind of look at the picture for who your character is as far as the short bit of text and let's just do a quick little bit of rp here to sort of set the stage i cast trap the soul on uh jonathan's character <laughs> i'm fat and overdressed with curly hair. There's nice. a picture? There, oh, you, uh, you just, it just describes me. Oh. So, I prefer to pass myself off as cheerful and um, outgoing. So you're Otto, Tall. is that right? Mm-hmm. So Otto the Silver-Tongued is actually uh, a cleric, right, John? Yeah, he, it's all about magic. Yeah, 
but is that right? Does it say that his lo- like at the the top of like on his thing it says that he's a he's a cleric right instead of a mage? Uh, it says fourteenth level mage. Oh, okay. So who's fifth level priest? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So so you are a mage <laughs> slash priest, and as far as a priest, you are a priest of of Velos. Okay, so just in terms of that know that you're like w- given that you're a silver-tongued wily yeah you are you are uh, a loki-esque uh cleric slash uh high standing mage yeah of the free city of greyhawk which is like the world capital of course okay so nothing but the finest for Otto. that's right so that's Otto. are we recording at this point we've been recording okay, the whole time cool. yeah uh Mike, so you drew Odaluke, is that right? Yeah. <clears throat> yes. You're the elementalist, is that right? Yeah. So you're also from the Free City of Greyhawk, and just go with what you know as far as being a slight elementalist. You're you're like the traditional like doddering, almost borderline crazy professor that might just accidentally blow himself up in the lab because of <laughs> you know experiments. I love that he's got gauntlets of cobalt power that increase his strength to nine because he's so weak. Yeah. <laughs> cobalt power. <laughs> and so Josh has uh, Dromage, is that right? That's right. Are mm. you the uh, the Time Lord? The Time Lord. Dromage is uh, a standoffish mage of the Azure Sea. And indeed, it's, 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 it's suggested that his... His home base is under the waves of the Azure Sea. So, like southeast of the free city of Greyhawk is there under the waters. I have a sea lab. You have a sea lab, <laughs> yes. You- <laughs> 2021. <laughs> but I don't make jokes about the sea lab. No, you are, you are, you are a stern mage of, 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 you know. But when I'm in my cups, <laughs> the secrets just come out. <laughs> I can't help it. So the three of you are a portion of the circle of eight. This is the Justice League for Greyhawk. That's right. This is this is the larger council of mages, which are, if not the people that run the show, the people that at least know what's going on in the show all across uh, the realms of the at least the borderlands and the summerlands. Uh, if you recall from our previous campaign, Nistul is a mage based out of the city of Redspan, and Nistul is perhaps the most northernmost of the representatives of the Circle of Eight. Uh, so, so he's one of the eight that you've actually heard mentioned as actual as gamers within this within this larger narrative. But as far as what we've talked about here, you might know something out of character and just from your general information about about uh, Dungeons and Dragons, I'll say we're we're going a little bit off the off the narrative here. Going rogue. So so forget what you know. <laughs> forget what you think you know. No, that's that's not totally true. I mean, we're working within those archetypes, but with this adventure, I'll I'll start here with a little bit of prologue as far as where things will go. Oh, the life of a powerful wizard. 
As a callow youth, perhaps you were certain that you would encounter a life of luxury and excitement, easy living, riches and power, with the wave, a mere wave of your hand. But of course, your old masters never told you about the other part, the responsibility of not just a village, nay, a city-state, the entire realm, the entire world of O-Earth is your responsibility. You're one of the circle of eight, and you're not just charged with protecting your realm, but the larger realm. Uh, naturally, you have to do it all in secrecy and acting behind the scenes so you don't mock perhaps the mayor's authority. Now, through divinations, or perhaps rather their, their failure, you've sensed a great danger across the lands. And it's not just you. Mordecai, the greatest of your circle, has called you forth, and he wants you to investigate something that lies to the north and the east of the Summerlands and the Troll Fins. And so with that, we can just sort of jump in. You guys are standing in the muck, in the muckety-muck, in the, the Troll Fins, which lie to the southeast of the Griff Mountains, and you are each of the greatest mages within the within the world and you've come to what seems to be a burial mound outside of the troll fins and you've been directed here by Mordecai. and it's just us standing there it is are we just walking up uh i don't know how do you think that uh that that auto would would get there Oh, I meant like, are we all arriving together or are we arriving separately and seeing each other? I don't know. What do you want to do? Uh, let's all arrive separately and see each other. Okay. Um, so Dromage will cast Dromage's flying feet, which I assume will get him from the Azure Sea to this, to this place <laughs> and will fly like, like Goku style, like just, just like <laughs> parting the atmosphere around him. And and he lands like like just on his feet like it burns. It, yeah. But he's so stern that he doesn't let it show. He and just uh, like internalizes that pain and I'll think about it later. And a quarter second later, the thunderclap follows. Yeah. And the the the, the ripples. Yeah. <laughs> you see him, and then the horse tails and the reeds of the the fin rustle and move like with waves it's almost like waves of grain in the in the the summer breeze from the wake of of dramage arriving and the the water and the muck is sort of parting around his feet just, like just his feet oh dramage the the magnificent the resplendent the dripping otto. thank you for joining us from your underground under the sea lair otto i didn't see you standing there hello that's because i've got my uh Glamour on. <laughs> uh, of course. <laughs> I might have known. Where is Odaluke? Uh He's going to roll up on a horse um, <laughs> because he's not one for walking. I gotcha. So he's going to roll up on his horse and be like, what? What are we doing here? <laughs> We've been summoned here for a greater purpose. You know that uh, all of you uh, within the circle of eight were called basically your your psychic conversations that perhaps you were you were having through you know some sort of magic orb some sort of bobble that's back at your your central uh, sea lab in the case of Dramage or or within your underground lab if you're the elementalist there you you've been in communication so there are other great members of your circle Big B uh, who's Mordecai's 
right hand uh, was was out and about, and Tensor and Rary, who are also great mages in their own right, uh, are are investigating various places. You don't necessarily know where they've been called, but you know that at least you three were dispatched to this location in the Troll Fins. Basically, Mordekainen placed uh, like a pulsing signal in your mind that directed you to this location, and this is where you've arrived. He dropped a pin. He dropped. He dropped a. Uh, he dropped a, a GPS pin, like from, from his his iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so where you're at is what looks to be, like a like a like a burial mound, uh, a peaty, boggy area here. And so you see this mound, and the side of it seems to be sagging inward at this point. And so where you're positioned is kind of on the southern portion of this mound and what would be traditionally the entrance. And so it's dark, it's loamy, and it's uh, it's an entrance that at this point is overgrown with thick roots that are coming from the cypress trees that are growing into the top of this burial mound. Is it is there a door or is it just a hole that leads back into the ground? Perhaps there was a door at one point, but it is long since rotted away. And at this point, all you can see are thick roots that lie, as well as the, the dirt material that's sort of fallen in. I say we go inside. What say you, silver-tongued one? As ever, I will follow your lead, <clears throat> Drippy. Okay, so uh, this old mound has a variety of old cypress roots that are growing through what would be the main entrance here. How are you getting in? I can talk to plants. Well, uh, I will charm the plants to you have gently to, move their, their roots yeah, out of the way. They can put them elsewhere into the soil. You're going to have to describe how you do that. Yeah. Um, I raise my arms up and the roots follow. And then I kind of like move them to the side, Moses style, and they burrow down into the earth to the side so that the doorway is free of roots. Mm, it's almost as if it's like one of those beaded curtains that might lie like, you know, in between yes. two rooms within a really crappy like uh, apartment. And you, you sort of part those the roots. They sort of they come to the sides and you can you can you can move in from that point. Uh, so here, the ancient door that once perhaps closed this barrow is long since collapsed, and it just could not withstand perhaps the 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 centuries of of fetid rot that sort of work their way in. Uh, inside this passage, it's choked with roots, but your spell has cleared the path so that you're able to come into a passage. Uh, and so as you come into this passage, you move from what would reasonably be construed as just like rotten earth into an interior of curved stone. It's almost as if you've walked into the interior of, of a black rock here something that's been carved it's it's as if you're walking into the middle of a of a rock uh that's been that's been hewn so it's hard to see uh it is how are you seeing well i've got i've got some uh flaming spheres or glitter dust that i could activate okay what about you two i would think the elementalist could make some fire right he can yeah, I've got all kinds of ways to make fire. I just don't know if any of them are sustainable. Uh, hang on. I have drum midges. Ooh, let's toolbox. work together, Elementalist. I will bring the roots in, <laughs> and then you can set the roots on fire, and so we'll have, like, candles. I dig I'm it. looking. I, yeah, I don't have, like, light or anything. I, oh, 
I'm going to get a stick and just cast Burning Hands on it and get that thing lit. There you go. So I got a torch. Okay. So uh, so the Elementalist uh, brings brings his forces to the to the 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 wooden rod and 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 creates a torch so so that you can see so within a short distance the passage and again this is like almost a tunnel that's hewn from a solid piece of like obsidian or something uh ends at a solid block of of stone in its own right that's directly in front of you and this is not a piece of black obsidian rather this is a white piece of granite that is blocking the door like it's this is not a door this is like the stone placed in front of of a tomb covering the vault that's right is is there any space above it uh no it seems to be set directly here the gods know how how heavy that stone is but you can just see you know given that it's black stone and white stone coming together the the where the stone fits, but it seems to have been c- perfectly carved to fit in as a plug, as a cork <laughs> to this to this tunnel. Does it seem as though this has been placed here to seal something in or seal people out? Well, from what you can tell, uh, there are a variety of runes that are carved into this stone. And so upon just initial inspection, it's not something that, that, that you would see given the dim light your distance but all along the periphery of the white stone you can see the runes that basically work along the the edge of this this uh this stopper this the stone that lies here within the tunnel so there's there are some arcane rites that have been placed on this stone to do one of those two things keep you out or keep something in hmm. can i try using the spell polymorph any object on it Sure. How would I'm you going to turn it into a I'm going to turn the stone into jello. Okay. Uh so the elementalist is in front and he wiggles his fingers and you polymorph this stone and it starts to liquefy and it's it's it starts at first as if it's almost like like clay or play-doh and it becomes softer and smoother and it starts to like fall and run down. And so, uh, where are you going to direct this jello elementalist? Uh, if you, this is a sizable stone and so it's going to come down. You're going to have to, are you, are you pushing that jello into the chamber ahead of you? Or is it going, are you going to have to basically hug the edge of the wall so that the jello sort of like flows out of this burial mound? I imagined it like the other two are next to me in the, the, it kind of flows down and around us to the sides. I would offer that I can transmute water into dust. I don't know if that, that follows towards jello and gelatinous materials as well. Burn all of our spells. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so, we have limited number of spells. Yes. Yeah. Oh, is that what these numbers in parentheses mean? Yes. Oh, we're just going to deal with the jello then. Yeah. So the the jello runs and and you direct it out uh, from the path that you came in, elementalist. Uh, and so you've broke this outer seal. A a spicy, musty smell fills your nostrils. 
Perhaps no one's breathed this air for millennia. Who can say? Certainly not in the past centuries. This is this is a burial tomb, a burial mound that has not been entered since it was initially sealed. Uh, and as you go in, it's remarkably dry. You know, up to this point, it's been earthy and fetid and heavy with the, the humidity in the air. But at this point, it's almost like a dry, dusty... Uh, inside of a like a, a sarcophagus or 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 something like that. So you walk further, and you encounter up ahead uh, what we would say would be a passage that leads into uh, a relatively circular chamber that. Uh, from where you can see, like you can see this opening, like you're coming along the passage and it almost opens up into a more, uh, bobble spherical type, uh, chamber. And so you can come up to this like circular antechamber here. I follow behind. I'm in the middle. I'm up front. Okay. (laughs) So, you come up to the precipice of this room, and that this makes sense. The elementalist has the has the torch, so so you're you're illuminating the precipice. And again, it's an open, uh, aus- like what's the right word? Uh, antechamber. Uh, antechamber. It's it's just like a bare room, and it's a spherical room that's hewn within this dark obsidian. So without any light, this would be truly like a a hellish place to be just like stuck in darkness right you're just sort of like within a chamber of nothingness chamber of nothingness um i'm going to detect invisibility okay i cast at an eighth level jesus so 80 no yeah 80 feet yeah so you uh you cast that spell uh you're 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 looking up you're looking down you're looking left and right within this this spherical room and above you uh it's almost as if you can see a mouse trap like think about out of character the game mouse trap you've got the actual like upside down sort of like laundry basket mm-hmm. something that looks like a, a mesh network that's at the top of the sphere just sort of sitting there. Okay. Um, I say, withdraw, you fools. Peril is above us. And I, I back out of the room. I use my boots of speed to fly ahead of him. Okay. <laughs> boots of speed. <laughs> so you're backpedaling. Yeah. Yep. Okay. With your boots. Okay. So what's the elementalist doing? Uh, I guess I'll follow them to the edge of the, to the edge of uh, where we came in. Okay. And. There's nothing else in the room that I can see. This, uh, this, uh, invisible net that is above is almost as if it's like, there's a, what's the right words? There's space. Like it's above you, but it's a net that actually has some amount of fair space around the top. I see. So, so there's a bubble of something up there that I can't, See. Yeah, there's like basically an invisible net that's setting above this chamber. Okay. We can't see it, but um, you can see it. I can cast Spider Climb on you if you want to run up there and take a look at it. Um, yeah, sure. Spider Climb, I'll go up there. Whatever. Okay. Well, 
I'll cast Spider Climb on him then. Okay, so uh, Dramage, you have Spider Dramage, Spider Spider Climb on you, uh, and you attempt to climb up the walls, and you're able to do so. It's it's a it's 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 relatively easy to do given you have a spell on you, but this is a, this would be an impossible feat without your arcane help here. So as it stands, the net there's enough space in between the net, this invisible magical net, and you to sort of get up along the sphere, and you could work your way okay around very slowly, very cautiously. Yeah, I do so. So you're able to sort of make your way around. Um, does this look like an actual physical net? Like, is it, or is it some magical weaving of some sort? It's the latter. It is a, it is a magical weaving of some sort. Okay. I'll keep, uh, navigating up to the, the top of the chamber. Okay. So you can circle around and like on the other side of the spherical chamber, the entrance continues on like the, the tunnel continues on. Oh, it does. Yeah. So this is. This chamber sort of continues on. This is just a barrier. Okay. So it must be that if we walk into the center of the room, this thing is triggered. So uh, I'll spider climb back, but I'm going to do it like Reagan from uh, The Exorcist. Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, and I'm going to skitter down at them. Right. And and do my best to scare them. And and I, I say... The, the the tunnel continues on. So does it look like the the net, the, the mouth of the net, if it fell, would cover the entire room? It would or basically is, is there a gap that they could circle around? You know what I mean? Because i I was able to climb mm-hmm. up. So is there enough space if they hug the wall for them to get around? There's no, no precipice. Basically you enter into this bobble soccer ball room yeah so that you like if you were to come in you would be on the floor okay presumably you could like levitate tele like levitate straight through uh-huh. but you would have to pass underneath this net right or what you just did is the the option there's enough of a boundary around the periphery that you can like circumvent the the net that's like, what i was yeah. asking yeah. yeah so if if they if they put their back against the wall and just kind of slid no, they they would slide down like outside. They they could use spider climb. Like, they would slide. Like oh, I see because because it, it's a yeah. ball shaped. It's not just a half of an orb. It's an actual. Yeah, it's okay. a sphere. Got it. Yeah. All right. Um. Um. But I can. I've got monster summoning too, and <laughs> I am gonna. I could summon a monster and have it trigger the trap. That way, we don't have to worry about it. Okay, we'll do it. Then we have to deal with the monster. No, it's under his uh, control. I, I'm pretty sure it's under my control, or at least oh, I okay. can do. Do it. Uh, I'm gonna do that. I wonder what monster summoning two gets me for what we've got. Just, just riff with it, dude. Like, what, what kind Weasel of monster cat. do you want to summon? Weasel cat. Uh, I want to summon. You are, you are the, you are one of, when well, you are one of eight great mages all across the known world what kind of monster do you want to summon <laughs> this is like some kind of psych uh psych yeah. test or something yeah i want to summon uh well, let's just keep it simple let's go with a hobgoblin mm-hmm. send it send it down there so you you summon a hobgoblin and you have this incredibly large 
hairy, smelly, gassy goblinoid in front of you who's just like breathing like furiously. Uh, he's been summoned out of nothingness. What do you do with him? I say go slide down this wall and stand in the middle of the room. So he does this without question. There's no remarks. He just follows the order, uh, walks blindly into the room, slides down. And is the second that he's within the middle of the room, you see him like basically get pinned flat against the floor and is in agonizing, exquisite pain. He's basically pinned. It's as if, uh, an inv- invisible weight of unknown uh, 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 just just volume is like crushing down on him. Does he does he die? Or he, he's just trapped. He is dying. Oh yeah. What uh drumage? What's it? What's the net look like? Is it like just on him, or is it like enveloped it? Yeah, it's enveloped. fallen down. Yeah. Right. It's it's like the mouse trap, except evidently it's flattened out. Yeah. So it's flattened out. It's almost as if like it's concave and becomes convex or the other way mm-hmm. like it's convex it becomes concave and this thing is just smushed down and he is flattened at the base of this spherical room and is being like smashed into a pancake poor little feller um well, that's not me better kill him better kill nah, him uh, drop take care of it i don't want to waste a spell um i think that once let i want to observe what happens when this thing is gone when this hobgoblin is dead Uh, after agonizing moments that turn into agonizing minutes, the hobgoblin's last breath is squeezed out of him. Think about a boa constrictor ever tightening. Like every time this hobgoblin exhales just a little bit more, you hear like ultimately bones cracking in his rib cage uh, and he's just compressed so that he suffocates and, and dies. It's it's pretty it's pretty gruesome. It's horrible to behold. But once he dies, his body is stuck there, and this invisible net is pressing down on him. Okay, it doesn't it, move. It doesn't move. It doesn't set. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. Do we think Dromage's uh, benef- beneficent polymorph would let me turn into a dragon? <laughs> no, I. I want to pick. I want to turn into a large bird and pick these two up in my talons and Done. fly and fly them across this room. Easy enough. You, ah! you, in your mind's eye, you turn into one of the eagles of the azure sea. What's the term you use for like seahawks and sea sea eagles? Osprey. Osprey. You turn into one of the larger osprey uh, and oh, seize. Or not, you don't seize, but you take a hold of your your two compatriots within your great talons. And so one talon has the elementalist, the other talon has the silver tongued cleric, and you lift them both up, and you're able to easily like take a single f- swoop of your wings and cover that distance because I you're such a great bird. Wish that I had taken this opportunity to transform into a giant pelican and pick them <laughs> both up in my giant weird mouth. Oh, well, <laughs> Osprey it is. And then we fly across it. Yep. So you get to the other side of this passage. And at this point, the tunnel continues on in front of you. Uh, and so you progress some short distance. I mean, in the neighborhood of like with the with the torch, you see it up ahead. Uh, 
another seal that seems similar to the one that you came through uh, previously. So this hallway ends with another thick slab of 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 white stone that that blocks this obsidian passage. It's heavily carved with all kinds of magical inscriptions, and it is clearly a seal to something. Well, I used my only polymorph any object because that was the only 8th level spell that I've got, so somebody else better come up with something for this one. So I'm going to cast Transmute Rock to Mud on the door. And it just hopefully can, at this point, will just like... Perfect. Kind of fall. Yeah, so similar to... Flow, flow down. To the, to the Jello. Uh, move that the elementalist cast uh, this slab melts away and it's something that's that's easily able with with your abilities as as an archmage so you're able to to melt that stone away and so within this this is a dark crypt that's crammed forth like to the brim you can't really see into the darkness at this point you get the sense that you have reached uh, a series uh, like like automatically the things that are spilling out to you are tokens and trinkets that would be associated with like death rites. Uh, so that's what you can see. You know that you've reached a crypt. Uh, I'm going to cast. I can cast infravision, shockingly. So I'm going to do that. Okay, so you uh, you cast Infravision, and that's not necessarily going to allow you to see heat, but I guess we would kind of think about it that way. You can see the outlines of, of the coldness within the room. Yeah. Uh, there are a wide variety of pots, urns, items stacked all along the walls. Uh, the glaze that you can see, just like the, the relief within the walls, it's all faded. There's wooden chairs that you can tell are just dry and desiccated and would just fade at the touch. Uh, there's n- bronze and metal art pieces that are crusted. Uh, and you can tell that, you know, even though I'm talking about this interior of the mound in terms of it being dry, there's at least some amount of... Uh, of humidity in the air. So all of the, the metal art pieces that are within here, you can see are corroded and have a bit of rust that set in on them. Uh, and ultimately there's a large stone platform that's at the far end of the chamber. And this is, uh, an elaborately carved sarcophagus. Uh, it's wooden and you can tell just like with the other wood within here, it's just begun to rot away. It's 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 dry and brittle, and probably you could just walk up to it and, and tear it apart like a piece of of uh, you know parchment paper. Why are we desecrating this tomb? You know I that say, you've been. I, called I say, well, I say to these guys. I feel like are we sure Mordenkai is the one that actually sent us in? This isn't some some falsified signal to get us to do this by somebody that can't do it himself did you feel as though it were falsified i don't know would you know if it was isn't that the point of it wouldn't that be the point to, is to be fooled who's more foolish the fool or the fool who follows him? that doesn't answer the question <laughs> so are I'm you cast auto soothing vibrations on my quarreling brother <laughs> <laughs> um, so looking in the room there's there's this sarcophagus there's 
uh, corroded treasures, there's trinkets, there's urns, there's the things you would expect. Mm-hmm. I cast detect magic. Okay. Are you uh, At moving? The sarcophagus. Okay. Well, so so you're walking up to the to the to the room. You're walking so within the, the entire the entire room is just lit up and is is magic across the board. The sarcophagus itself glows with an unearthly uh, ectoplasmic like green mm. and. Within it, you can see that something's stirring, and you can see the mummified arm that throws its uh, throws itself up over the sarcophagus. And so it does that, and the sarcophagus itself, indeed, like like I was talking about previously with what Dramage was seeing, the sarcophagus uh, begins to sort of crumble away. But the thing that you notice there, Cleric, is that the arm that's thrown up over the the sarcophagus it's missing a hand and so the the mage that raises up this this fell demi lich or lich whatever this thing is 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 that of like a mummified skull with with one of the eyes that's been pierced out but the other eye that you see glows with uh, a fearsome a fearsome light and so with that he just he raises up and begins to sort of levitate in front of the three of you, and he says, I live.